you guys want to go to the Grizz Mason Burl Island Day Rave? Is that today? Yeah. What is the Grizz? Welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Cookie. I'm here. Big Mike. Yes, sir. And fully vaccinated, but also quarantining because he went to a super spreader event on Wednesday. My life is a super spreader event. What does that mean? I don't know. I just he said works it. at a bar. <laughs> Tolbert. Full of fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tolbert, this week, you and I went to AEW, and that is going to be the subject of this week's episode. Uh, Tolbert, before yes. we talk about any of that, mm-hmm. uh, let, let's go ahead and get life events out of the way. Tolbert, who's Grizz? Um, I don't know. Well, I didn't know. Um, and I like to think I'm well versed in the the EDM universe. So I listen to a little bit of it, but I guess a, a little bit, a little bit. I guess I'm out of the loop though. But uh, Grizz is a EDM sensation, apparently. Uh, sensation. He, he dabbles in the saxophone. Saxophone. And uh, apparently, he is uh, a pretty stand-up guy and tries to promote good vibes and <laughs> good things within the uh, the EDM, whatever you want to call it, crowd. Cookie so is, is nodding his head. Cookie yeah, is apparently he's a pretty stand-up guy. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Say that one more time. Cookie, is this kind of your uh, understanding of Grizz? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a good guy. He puts out good vibes. And that man, he doesn't play the saxophone, Aaron. He makes love to the saxophone. Oh. <laughs> he makes love to it. He fucks that saxophone. Like oh, he he fucks that saxophone. Which end does he put it in? Uh, both ends, Aaron. At the end of the show, he puts it in the big end. But yes, uh, he pl- he played uh, three night set, or technically a three night set here in Wilmington, uh, the new amphitheater. So he did uh, Friday night, and apparently tore the house down. Uh, last night the show got rained out apparently, and they cut halfway through. So, um, and uh, apparently he's doing some kind of secret set on Masonboro Island today. Which, I'll, if you aren't familiar, it's a barrier island uh, right near us that is only accessible by boat. And somehow he's doing a show out there today, a day rave, a beach day rave. Tolbert, is it a secret set if you and I both knew about it before? No, <laughs> no. but I think we're just locals. Uh, we just know these things, but a lot of other people knew about it, too. Just uh, I just hope no one dies on Masonboro Island today, <laughs> but uh, but a, a good crowd. Um, I liked them a lot better than the widespread crowd, younger crowd, um, lots of titties and butt cheeks. Yeah, I, I did not understand. <laughs> I have seen many pictures of people at Grizz concerts wearing very skimpy Almost clothing. Almost next to nothing, yeah. And this I, is guys and girls. It's not just the gals. It's the guys, too, man. Lots of lots of bare chest, lots of um, weed leaf print uh, shirts. I even saw some guy with a, a Pokemon print velv, crushed velvet shirt. It was pretty amazing. I saw a lot of power shirts last night, but also saw a lot of uh, a lot of bikinis and cape, uh, capes and feathers and uh, lights and a lot of glitter and butt cheeks. All right, uh, oh, good crowd, good people, man. They kept the house rocking all night. Uh, did you guys get a a, a big push uh, after the concert was canceled? Did you have yeah. a bunch of these people come in? Oh yeah, definitely, man. They're hanging out all night, dude. Blasting the jukebox, you know, having a good time. But uh, they, they're on the appropriate amount of drugs. See, these kids, they know, how to, they know how to measure out their drugs. So they're tripping balls, but they're tripping balls responsibly. I would think it's because they do these drugs more frequently. That's exactly my thought was they're, they're not like <laughs> Probably. once a year people. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just taking it this weekend when I go see widespread panic. No, I'm doing this regularly. Therefore, uh, I know my tolerance. I heard so many conversations off to the side about calculating doses and times, take the doses and make sure you drink water, bro, and all that. <laughs> and these these kids, you know, they're, they're well versed in common core math. So they are uh, they're, they're able to figure out these things in their head. Unlike us, not raised with common core cookie. Were you raised with the common core math principles? 
Uh, I believe so, Aaron. Yes, sir. Really? Mm, yeah. There's he, knows something... Molly, he knows how much Molly to take, essentially. Aaron, my, my father used to get down. He taught me. <laughs> what does that mean, Cookie? <laughs> he, he grew up in the 70s. Let's be honest here. Uh, well, 70s were a wild time. They were. So he taught me. He taught me. He taught I know me. about it. <laughs> a one cookie. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain something to you, son. Uh, cookie, how was your week? It was good. It was, uh, I, oh, I got a job. That's nice. nice. Where is it? It's a, it's a work study program within the school. I'll be a director's assistant um, underneath my program director. Does he like, have, have you interacted with this program director? Yeah, he's uh he's taken a liking to me, and he said, "Listen, we want to bring you on," and he's excited. Better, uh, better not get behind closed doors, Cookie. It sounds a little aggressive. Oh God! Wow, I didn't think about what I just said. <laughs> Too late to take it back now. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> Cookie's getting groomed. Groomed. Yeah. Yep. No he's shit. Being mindfucked by the sports psychologist. I'm a little old to be groomed, aren't I? No, yeah. you're never too old. Uh, Cookie, did you go back to rugby practice? Not this week. Ah, of course. Not this week. Oh, well, Aaron, uh, I'm still a fat boy and then practicing sevens. I think you can understand that. I've been going every week. I've been going. I went, I went twice this week. Mike, I think you would understand. I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, I'm in shape and I don't mind practicing sevens, but I've also been off for two weeks. You should talk to Tolbert. Tolbert has a good practice. Tolbert, Tolbert. Okay. Tolbert, you are my man. Let's, let's talk about this. Uh, I've just been mowing grass, dog. See, yep, exactly. Uh, grass and smoking grass. <laughs> uh, in fact, this week on Thursday, Tolbert started uh, mowing grass at 5.30 when practice started at 6. <laughs> hey, if y'all wanted grass mowed, that was the only time to do it. We, we, had to, uh, we had to play half field with 14 people. It was fine. It, was, it, it, it ended up being better for me. <laughs> I appreciated the late mowing. Uh, Cookie, any other things? What, what's going down in Denver this week? Anything crazy? Nothing special going down really this week, man. Uh, got a got a friend in town. One of Chase's friends in town. Other Chase's than that, got friends. Still... Is yeah. is it a uh, same breed or uh, what? What? What kind of friend? same breed? Delaware folks. My oh. skin color though, so we're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're all uh, right. <laughs> Mike, it is your turn now. It is also a big <clears throat> step in your life. 11 years married happy yes. anniversary mike so we we got back from vacation on friday had an awesome time in maine uh we, we'll talk about my efforts and abilities to watch the aw dynamite show while in rangeley maine and then uh yeah got back relaxed friday went out saturday with the wife to celebrate 11 years of marriage checked out I'd, i've lived here a long time i've never been to fortunate glass or second glass um, so we went to second glass, got some appies, went over block taco, got some tacos. It's a good time. Where oh, is fortunate glass? Fortune's downtown. Second glasses. Are they the same thing? No, uh, completely unrelated businesses. Oh, really? I thought they were like owned yes. by the same person. No. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I've never been either. So we decided on second glass. And that's the one near me. Yes. Okay. And, and the food was good. Food was excellent. Yeah. I got some kind of like, I mean, well, she cried soup. We got some Fakasha, whatever the fuck that's called, and uh, some like raw sea bass. Raw? Yeah, it was like sushi sea bass kind of. I don't know, with like citrus and jalapenos and that sweet corn. Ceviche. <laughs> it wasn't called ceviche. It was. It was called crude. It's called corn. raw raw bass, man. <laughs> like, man, this, this fish raw. <laughs> Looks like good though, so I'll eat it. That'll be thirty-two dollars. Uh, yes, yeah, that was about right. <laughs> How was the rest of your journey uh, in Maine? Maine was awesome, man. Uh, the weather wasn't as nice as previous trips, but we were still able to kind of get some stuff done. <laughs> saw a moose for the first time after we've gone a couple times. Never saw a moose. Got to see one. Um, tiny. It was a bull moose, but it was like a young bull moose. Um, his antlers weren't as. Don't be throwing the word bull around on this podcast. <laughs> Cookie's getting hard over <laughs> in Denver. Calm down. Right Tranquilo. Uh, it was good. It was, Tranquilo. It was good to see family and kind of relax and just get to enjoy uh, something that you know not everybody gets to do. So, Cookie, when's the last time you've been to Maine? Uh, never. Okay. Cookie, never. I saw one but, black person when I was in Rangeley, Maine. That's sad. What, but what, I have a question. Where did you see this black person? Uh, he was riding his bike with his buddies. It looks like he was in a biker gang. He was like pedal bike. You know, he rode some sick wheelies though around the basketball court. All right. <laughs> 
Are, are the basketball courts much more boring in Rangeley, Maine? Yeah, yeah. I only ever saw one game of pickup, and I'm pretty sure they just leave the basketball at the court because <laughs> nobody cares. I went to the park a couple times when we were in town, and uh, multiple times nobody on the basketball court, but the same basketball is just sitting there by the hoop. <laughs> they just have the one ball. <laughs> yes, yeah, the whole town's got one ball. <laughs> That's sad. I, why even have a court at that point? <laughs> I will say we went bowling one night, and this is the nicest bowling alley I've ever been to. But when you think about it, you know, people in Maine, they only have four nice months of weather. So what the fuck else are you going to do besides go to the bowling alley? This bowling ha- alley had like a recessed soundstage. It had like a lounge area, a coffee shop, pool tables, bowling alley. It, was, it had everything. It was pretty cool. And- how, how far is Rangeley from like the – the major cities and so Rangeley's in western Maine in the mountains, whereas all the other major cities are pretty much on the coast. Uh, I would say probably two and a half hours from like Portland and stuff like that. It's it, not longer. It is Rangeley one of the larger cities in no, Maine? No, no, it's a tiny little city. I think it's like six hundred full time residents and like two thousand five hundred swells when vacationers and you know people come in. How did the Mowers? Uh, get a cabin in Rangeley. Um, so back in like the 1800s, my family was kind of upper middle class. And uh, the one guy was like a, a map maker, cartographer, surveyor thing. And he got paid to go out there and make a map of the region. And so he surveyed the area, picked the best property on, on the lake, bought it, started building a cabin. I think the first cabin was up in like 1880s. And then uh, they finished the main part of the cabin in the 1900s. And that's been the family ever since. I imagine a guy looking just like Mike, just like <laughs> walking through surveying. He's got a baby that struts in there. <laughs> He's got a hammer in the other hand. <laughs> no, so I mean, we, it, it's interesting, like historically, because so we, while you're there, you try to do big projects. So we re-roofed the, the boathouse. We had this tiny little wooden boathouse and we were putting these new uh, wood pieces on there. And, you know, some of the piece, the horizontal braces are rotted, so we got to replace those. But you got to replace them with two-by-fours, but not, like, new two-by-fours, but actual legitimate oak two-by-fours from, like, 1920. Um, and so we only have so many of that kind of thing around the property that have been torn apart from other projects. Uh, so we kind of had to – we were cutting it short in terms of being able – because you can't just stack new shit because then we throw all the stuff off. So it was just fun. Got a couple. Took brought home a couple square nails because you don't really find those anymore. Uh, it's just interesting. I don't know if it's interesting or not. Sure, <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> Two dollars stake losing its momentum uh, going into hey, uh, the, the Howard, main Varnum, Howard Varnum would appreciate. it. Yeah, but I, I am a different human being than my. <laughs> oh, man, that, y'all should talk more about them square nails, man. No one ever yeah, talks. Them, about and those them. are actually two by fours. Like you actually measured out. Ugh. <laughs> Well, uh, sorry, my life is boring, Aaron. Fuck you. It's been a, it's been a good run, guys. <laughs> it's been a good run. <laughs> I, I can't even think of like a two dollar uh, pun for this one. I was thinking about it too. I was like, I yeah, really I, nailed I, that one, Mike. Hey, honestly, I don't give a fuck because it was relaxing. <laughs> a relaxing week. Mike has come back. He's so happy. But I will tell you, on Wednesday night, this man had the most FOMO of any person I've ever met, and we will talk about that right now as we talk about AEW Dynamite from this week. All right. uh, So this week we went on a journey, a trip, a a a bro uh brocation if you will uh tobert and i along with one travis and also byron mcsweeney who is a a big fan of the podcast also a big wrestling fan and a friend of of us the only fan of the podcast a good friend of ours uh we went on a journey we we Went to AEW Charlotte this past week, which was what? Fight for the Fallen? Is that, is that yep. what this one is? Yes. Uh, Tolbert, take it away. Tell oh, us man. about the early uh, stages of this journey, oh, so and I will it. help add to yeah. it. So it was great. We, uh, we, we convened at Aaron's house, had some biscuits, hit the road. Um, you know, and uh, we had a good crew. You know, I, I put Aaron in, in control of the aux cable, and he kept us in tunes, funky jams the whole ride. But... Uh, 
you know, we get there, check in, you know, um, you know, kind of get our bearings about us. Um, we had a cool little Airbnb right in the middle of all the bars and stuff. So we, uh, we, we hang out, we drink some delicious Mad Mole beer. Brian, uh, Byron brought a shitload of beer, like a ton of it. So, um, we get to the, we get there, we get to Charlotte. We were like, Hey, let's go tailgate a little bit. So we go, we tailgate the Bojangles parking lot. Um, it's exciting. It's electric. There's all kinds of, uh, AEW fans there, uh, of all shapes and sizes. Uh, a lot of CGW fans there as well. Uh, I was kind of scared of those guys. Uh, also not a lot of shapes and sizes, they were mostly <laughs> large, extra large, and double XL. Yeah, we were large and in charge. But what, uh, a, what did your tailgate setup look like? Uh, it was terrible, Mike. You, so you it was. Been... You would have been ashamed. Uh, we did steal your tent, but we didn't use it. But we <laughs> had uh, we had the back hatch of my Subaru open, and we were sitting on the bumper. Cookie, why why is that so funny to you? Uh, Aaron, because I feel like you guys should be professionals at this age, and you're sitting out here without a tent. On the back of a tailgate? Is that what no, you said? They had a tent. They just didn't put it up. Yeah, we didn't put it up. Yo, you sorry, sorry. You had the tent. You didn't put it up. You're sitting on the back of a tailgate, right? It's not even a tailgate. It's a hatchback. Oh, it's a hatchback. Okay, never yeah. mind. Y'all, y'all didn't have chairs. No chairs. All right, so this is one step below our SmackDown tailgate. <laughs> At least yes. we had chairs. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe that that Tolbert. Uh, it. Let me set the scene for you guys. It was hot as hail. Yeah, it was about 97 degrees when we got there. It was cooking in Charlotte. Fat boys, all of us were, were steaming. Uh, Tolbert, how many ambulances did we so see going we arrived, to the parking lot? When we arrived, right, and we got some, some good parking space too, so we were right up front. When we arrived, there was already an ambulance there assisting someone that had passed out in line. They get them cleared. We're having a few beers. About an hour later, two more ambulances come in a fire truck to get someone that had passed out on the other side of the line. Um, yeah, these these some of these fans don't get outside much, and uh, the almost hundred heat <laughs> was a little much for them. Lots of gurneys, and it wasn't uh, it, I, it it wasn't a wrestle from a wrestling angle. The angle was that these people did not know how to hydrate. These people were were probably overweight. I'm just saying probably because wrestling fans are, are thick. Uh, and uh, it, it, it was just a it – was, it was a mass casualty event at that point. Yes, Cookie? Uh, Aaron, I just want to know, is, is there a comparison between the GCW crowd and the quarantine crowd? So I don't think uh, – one, we're in Charlotte. It is a – area in North Carolina. I, I'm sure I, I think it leans blue because it's a major metropolitan area, but then you start getting the counties outside of it, the more rural areas in North Carolina, uh, more red. And I do believe that probably the vaccination rate of this uh, event was three, not three percent, <laughs> no, four, excuse me, four, because we were not, not four percent. But the four people that were you in got, attendance, you guys just had and, your own little bubble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we just we just linked arms together, <laughs> trying to form a dome. We're gonna beat COVID together. Us four are gonna gonna stop the uh, the spread. But, uh, but the GCW people were very very vocal when we walked up. We just start hearing MDK, 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 and. We look around. It is Nick Gage fans all over the place. MDK all effing day. That's all we heard in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, Matt Matt Hardy did make an appearance to cut a promo. In the uh, parking lot. Yeah, yeah nice. in, the, in the parking lot. Got the crowd all hyped up and uh, got them excited. Um, we, we, we had a good time tailgating. The sun finally went down a little bit. Gave us – we got a cool little breeze. Um, we get, start to go into the arena thinking, hey, we're going to get some relief from this heat. Uh, apparently, someone forgot to turn on the AC at the Bojangles Coliseum. It was the hottest, stinkiest arena ever. We walk inside this arena. It was the same temperature as outside. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> And it was atrocious. And all of those people who notoriously don't shower as regularly as they should and have poor hygiene in general had been standing outside in line. Correct. 
It was it was atrocious. Uh, but o- other things that happened in the parking lot. Uh, we were hanging out. Some random guy walks by. Oh, dude, I forgot all about this story. Some random guy walks by, looks at our group, specifically Tolbert, and says, hey, man, got any weed? No, that's <laughs> not what he asked for. He, he said, hey, do you have a smoke? And we all looked at him and said, no, bro, we don't smoke. And he goes, I'll take anything. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> I, I think we we understood at that point. <laughs> Tolbert said, "Yeah, bro, I'll get you. I'll get you some." <laughs> Handsome, a delightfully rolled J, and the guy uh, stood and hung out with us for a little bit. Ended up buying a T-shirt from us. Nice. The Ooh. only T-shirt. I'm disappointed. Sold. I'm disappointed in you for not hawking your wares the way you thought you would. So. I am a big talker. I'm not somebody that, that's going to go out there and say, T-shirts here, get your T-shirts, Dory Funk. Huh? If you want Dory Funk, here you go. I, I'm not that kind of person. And Travis thinks that he's that kind of person, but then he just tries to go through me. He's like coming up with all these things to say. I'm like, Travis, why don't you say it yourself? And he's like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> then I'm like, well, I'm not doing it either, Travis. And then it becomes this issue of us like not wanting to, to See, hawk our wares. And I'm doing it out of principle. You're sitting on a lot of merch now, Aaron. That was your prime time opportunity to try to sell Dory Funk shirt. We did, however. I got a call from, from somebody that is on the AEW roster. I met up with security, uh, the AEW security big dude. Got We were able to deliver the goods to him. He got a... a a nice four pack of delicious mad mole beer and uh, a, a shirt for each of the members of that tag team. Phenomenal. He, he then wore that shirt on social media the next day. So I believe we, we thought like Travis is like, what if, if you, if he wears it on, on the television, I'm like, I, I'm pretty no sure way. he's going to have a costume <laughs> or, or a, a gimmick to have to, to wear instead of our Dory funk shirt. Uh, so there, so that is that is the end of the, the parking lot saga. We then go inside. It's hot as hell, packed in there like like rats. Uh, Barton was very the, nervous. Barton was, I, I was very, not very nervous. nervous. You, your leg. Uh, uh, well, we, we, we will get there. Five rows behind there. me. You could feel your leg bouncing. We will get there. <laughs> we we got to take it step by step, Tolbert, because we have to fill a podcast. We can't blow our load in the – in, in the beginning. So we, we we're going a step by step. So we get in there. We try to kind of like get our bearings. It is a big arena. It's not the biggest arena. I'd say it's probably the same size as, as Fayetteville. Don't you think? Like the It's Fayetteville about the same Crown. size as a Crown Coliseum where it me is. and Mike saw SmackDown. Yeah. So we get in there. We find our seats. Beautiful. Uh, we, we were in the upper deck area, but we had great great view I, if, if Tolbert oh, yeah. would like to describe it that was, it was phenomenal the way they have it set up it is a smaller arena so no matter where you're sitting you you get a really good view um of the ring and, and I've, I've i've sat in the floor seats me and mike sat in floor seats when we went to smackdown um future shows i'll definitely get higher up seats man because you can see all the action you, you got a whole view of of everything and we were adjacent to the ramp so we got to see the pyro and the screens and everyone come down the ramp for their entrance uh, i have to say indoor pyro badass love it ended up being a very uh good view uh, i believe we got in there probably about 6 30 at seven o'clock dark starts and we get to kind of start seeing some of the the earlier dark matches um no excuse me dark elevation started at seven because after it, it went dark elevation uh then dynamite and then they filmed the hundredth episode of dark oh, okay uh which we did not stay for uh <laughs> <laughs> it was just too hot it was too hot and by that time you've already watched like four hours of wrestling and they're like oh we got we've got five more matches for you um but um, the elevation was badass. We got to saw Sting and Darby. We got to see Darby do his famous coffin drop. Um, and in another series of squash smashes, uh, matches, got to see some Thunder Rosa, which I love, man. Uh, she was on yeah, the main so, card. 
Was she on the main card? She was yes. on the main card. Sorry. Uh, that was a mid-card match. But anyway, we got to see some good uh, talent on the female roster uh, for Dark as well. Some great fun matches. So this leads up to Dynamite. Uh, and Mike, can you tell us about the saga of you trying to watch Dynamite? All right. So, I mean, we talked about it last week where the one place I thought I was going to be able to go was closed on Wednesdays. Um, and this was the bowling alley. The bowling alley was, was going to be my go-to, but they're closed on Wednesday. So uh, there is a a sports bar in Rangeley, Maine, a singular. Um, and so I called them early on because I want to make sure that they would be able to put it on. And the lady seemed annoyed and confused about somebody wanting. She's like, "Well, what is it?" I said, "Well, it's, it's on TNT. Do y'all have TNT?" And she goes, "Well, what is it?" And I go, "It's professional wrestling." And she goes, "Oh." Yeah, we, we could probably put it on if you ask. Um, so we get there. We're, we're just – we're too busy. We, we really are big Simone Biles fans, and I, we, we just want to watch her uh, uh, win, win the goal. Well, we get, we get there. I get there early because, you know, I don't know how busy it's going to be, what, what the locations of the TVs and tables. Anyway, we get we find a table. We're by a TV, track the lady down and say, hey, can you turn on TNT? Well, she turns on – it's satellite, so it turns out they have TNT East and TNT West. And then we don't, we didn't really realize it until she put it on, and we're like, we're like, man, this is Geostorm. I thought it was the other. Why do they always have Geostorm on? Well, what is the deal with it was, Geostorm? It was Geostorm, and I was, I was like, I thought it was the other movie with this guy, um, and with with the law-abiding citizen. I thought it was supposed to be law-abiding citizen, and I because like, I pulled the TNT app and I see that she put it on the West Coast, not the East Coast. So I gotta go find this lady again. She seems really annoyed because it took a long time for them to get it on so we're, we're pushing the eight o'clock timeline here and i'm getting a little worried and confused you're an out of towner telling yeah, her what some, to do i'm just some fucking townie just asking for this what seemed like not that they had like 12 tvs but um little did i know that that one box changed four channels uh which didn't end up being that big of a deal but she did change it again and what i mean you're turning off like a red Sox game or a yankees game, some bullshit northeast baseball team nobody gives a crap about you're in the northeast though. it doesn't matter and so we get dynamite on unfortunately we do not get sound um and then we're like you know we could probably ask them to put it on no and, I, and, I, and I was like yeah you know what it's it's all right we'll just watch the wrestling um, and that was the beginning of it. And then we had uh, one or two more issues along the way, but we can get to it as, as you walk through your matches. All right. So the first matchup of that evening uh, was the Dark Order against the Elite. Tolbert set the stage. Uh, so 10-man tag match uh, to start us off. Um, and the Elite come out in a full Toon Squad regalia. They uh, they decided to uh, run with this team because I guess uh, the new Space Jam is out. Um, while they're setting up this match, we see that the the ring crew is bringing out a ba- a portable basketball goal, uh, and we're all confused. We're like, what the what the hell is this? Um, so they come out um, full like I don't know. They did like a, a dribble routine <laughs> at the top they of were, the ramp, they, like a choreographed routine. It was perfect um, healing. It up. Yeah, like just stupid, yeah, cheesy, annoying. So yeah, the crowd uh, they did get a little bit of heat from that, you know. Uh, everyone. But also, when when they saw that 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 awful routine, everybody in the bar in Maine was like, "Man, that's some good looking <laughs> some fancy balling." <laughs> no, not not quite. That we, we do get to a point close to that later on in the in the AW episode. What do you like? Are you teasing something right nah, now? I mean, it's a, like a big pop, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. So, but speaking of uh, pops, though, uh, their opponents, Dark Order, uh, come out. Hangman Page comes out, dude. Huge pop, dude. We just get Hangman or uh, Cowboy shit chants, dude, throughout the whole arena. That dude was so over. So I didn't have sound, but just watching the intro, watching the video package without sound. It's still like, I was like, yeah, man, this is pretty fucking cool. I'll, I will tell you, the Charlotte crowd, Cookie, you did have sound, correct? I did have sound. Uh, were you able to kind of hear some of the things, like how how hot the crowd was? Absolutely. Especially during a, a Hangman Page's entrance. Yeah, dude. They went yeah. wild for Hangman. That cowboy shit chant was just so loud and throughout the arena. And, and you know, I'm, as a wrestling fan... I, I get into matches and I like observe observing matches. I'm not the kind of person that's like, Oh God, I 
sit back and kind of relax and kind of just watch stuff uh, or maybe not relax because my anxiety was through the roof, which we can talk about. Uh, I, I was my knees were moving the whole time, especially during the FTR match. And we'll talk about that in a second. But it was a very loud and hot crowd. This crowd, the, the arena had to be 90 degrees. It, it was a hot, hot place. And then everybody screaming as well led to like, like kind of a fun and energetic environment. Uh, the match itself, about 35 yeah, minutes. It went forever. Went forever. A little bit long for my likings. Probably a lot bit long. I, I would say you could probably cut 20 minutes yeah, off that match so and it'd be fine. I, I, was, I was sitting at the bar with my dad and my cousin's boyfriend, uh, who is actually a lapsed ECW fan. Really? From the, from the 2000. How the, old is this guy? Uh, 40, 39. Okay. Like. Oh, yeah, and, that, that makes sense. And, and, uh, but he hadn't watched professional wrestling, but when he found out I was going to the bar to watch them, he was like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, so I'm giving my dad and him um, like the whole run, like the whole storyline throughout the whole episode. I'm like, all right, so this is Hangman Page and he had the red thing. He had this down. He had some really self-esteem issues and he's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like trying to, then I go through the whole Dark Order saga with Brody Lee thing. And oh my then God. Oh, they're just trying Dude. to build each other up. And it was just, and <laughs> they're just like laughing at me. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's cool because this storyline has been going on for like 18 months now. And, uh, and so, you know, and I'm like, you know, if, if he wins, it's going to be a really big deal. And if he loses, he's just, it's just going to kill his character. That's act two, man. And we're going to go to act three and see how long this fucking goes. <laughs> but So 35 minutes we're watching this match. Uh, I was exhausted after 10 minutes of this match. And I'm just kind of like, at that point, I kind of go into uh, mode of just checking out. So I kind of checked out. 10 minutes into this match and I was just like waiting for it to end. Uh, how did it come across on TV? Uh, Cookie, were, were you like with the whole presentation? Was it interesting? Was it good? Were you tired by the end of it? Oh, dude. I mean, we went through at least three or four commercial breaks. So it was Jesus. just exhausting. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, is this match ever going to end? And how is it going to end? It was, yeah, it was a lot. It was a little too much. I was telling Tolbert that I felt that this matchup kind of wore out the crowd. And I think that if I were to book this match, I would put this at the end of the show. But before the main event that happened. Yeah, it was it was I mean even just watching it on TV, it it got tedious. Um five I mean five man elimination because like you don't know the finish, but you know how it's what's going to lead up to the finish. You're like, "All right, it's going to be Kenny and the Bucks and versus Adam Page and like like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, but I, so I agree with you, like you could have gotten it going a little bit longer, probably could have been like a three or four man versus a five man. Um, it also, yeah, burned us out. We were just sitting there watching my, my dad's just like, okay, he's like, you know, wrap it up boys. How long is this going? And I, and I felt like that. And I, the whole time I'm just like, all right, just, just let's get to the finish, get to the finish. So here it is. Adam page going against three guys. It's this big like moment for him. And he gets V triggered and it's the end of the match. Did he get a one wing angel too? He, yeah, he, he gets. So, so like we're, we're going, I'm like, all right, we're going to see. And he hits that, um, the not pile driver, but, uh, what's the one where he's behind him? What did he hit Kenny with? I don't. I I was so checked out. Um. Anyway, so he hits his move and gets the two count. Oh, the dead eye. That's oh, the dead eye. He hits dead the dead eye, eye and uh and we're like, oh man. I was like, guys, I don't know if he's gonna. He might. I don't know what's gonna happen. And then uh, he Kenny hits the B trigger and puts him up in the one wing angel. I'm like, fuck, he's done. And then I, and they're like, well, I was like, because nobody kicks out of the one wing angel. <laughs> <laughs> this only, is part of the lore. Only one. I said, but when he does. When he wins this title belt, he will kick out of the one wing angel and the fucking place will melt. Like literally <laughs> take down the house. I feel like if you wanted that crowd to remain hot the rest of the night, you you let Adam Page win it, right? At that point, once that one, two, three hit and the Silent, one, dude. the entire arena just blew their wad. Like it, it was so quiet for the Ricky Stark segment. And then, unfortunately, that led into the match I was most excited about for the night, FTR against Proud and Powerful, a match that they had been building up for, for yeah. weeks. 
in months this matchup between these two awesome tag teams to get this opportunity to go uh, one-on-one and then possibly whoever's going to be the number one contender. So this matchup, I'm sitting there, and this is like the height of my anxiety because I am emotionally invested in FTR, and I feel that they are one of the best tag teams in the world. I'm friends with the guys, and I feel that this could be another big moment for them. The crowd dead. Two Carolina boys. The, The crowd was just exhausted at that point. But it ended up being a pretty good match for the first 10 minutes. I didn't get to see any of it. Why not? I, well, I watched the very beginning, and I'm explaining the whole thing, and then TV goes black. Apparently, they had broadcasting issues on TNT. Yeah, so TV goes black, and all you see is this little white square, and I'm like, motherfucker. Of course. For, I feel like every time I'm trying to watch an FTR match, because they don't wrestle every week, so every time they're trying to uh, – TNT shits the bed somehow. Um, and, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks and, backstage and just, and saying nobody outshines <laughs> us. <laughs> and so, so I'm just like complaining. And the guy, like the one bartender, comes over. He's like, "Hey, man, like it's not us. It's T-. I'm like, "I know, I know. It's the. I'm on. The, trust me, I'm on the fucking internet finding <laughs> out like what the fuck's going on." Um, I did. I did eventually get it onto their Wi-Fi and pull up the TNT app. Had the match, so I was like, I tried to watch a little bit, but it is also Rangely Main, and so it was like real fuzzy. I didn't get to see much of it. Cookie, did, did the quietness of the, the, the crowd kind of come across at the beginning of this? Yeah, I was I was watching it um, with Diane and Chase, and they were, like, kind of zoned out of it because they were, like, they were exhausted. They were exhausted from the first match. And that's how we felt, too. And, and Tolbert and I are sitting there very excited about this matchup. Uh, we're the only people cheering for Yeah, we were yelling, hollering, booing, you know, doing what we're supposed to do. Um, and it started off good, and the crowd started to get into it a little bit. But once – they got any momentum with the crowd. You see Cash take an awkward bump in the corner. And he kind of loses his footing. And he goes into the turnbuckle pretty hard. And you see him grab his arm. And I turn to Aaron. I go, he's cut. Um, and at that point, I'm watching the other side of the ring. Because some other, like, gaga was happening on the other yeah. side of the ring. And I turn my eyes. And all I see is Cash holding his arm. And running out of the ring. And I know once I saw him go from the turnbuckle straight to the doctor, I'm like, fuck, something really happened. Yeah. So for me, TV comes back right as Dak the cash makes the tag. So I missed the 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 corner spot, but like I see Dak's getting in and then I see him like, you know, hit hit the suplex, roll up, brain buster. And it's done. I'm like, oh shit! I missed the whole damn thing. And I look at my watch. I was like, it seems kind of quick. I feel like they would have went longer. And then they zoom in on Cash, and he's like, blood everywhere. I'm like, holy fuck! What happened? So I get a text message from Dax's wife at that point. Says, oh my god, Dan's arm was squirting blood. And I'm like, what? What? And Tolbert's like, yeah, dude, look, and you could see a trail of blood following from the turnbuckle hook yeah. apparently he his arm got caught on the turnbuckle the hook Shit. and it ripped his arm and then uh, yeah. just a trail of blood Someone, uh, uh, a ring crew guy got fired that night yeah it was <laughs> absolutely atrocious and that even more kind of just <laughs> yeah, I was fun. just done at that point because it was like this match that I built up in my head. I was so excited for, and then, but that brain buster was pretty sweet though. Yeah, yeah I mean, did hit it. Dax yeah, was. was able to call and, and on so, the fly. So, so I was like, I was t- telling John and my dad, I'm like, look, that wasn't that wasn't supposed to. I don't know if that's the way it was supposed to be booked, and like, but like that wasn't how it was supposed to happen. I can guarantee you that. And for Dax to be able to just call it in the ring, like suplex roll up, brain buster, like what's what we're going to do? And like just boom, 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 get it done. And then he immediately runs out of the ring, goes checks on cash. It was pretty cool. It, it was one of those moments where um, I could, I could kind of see like he was shook. Dax was a little bit shook going out to the ring. And, and it took them a while to kind of clean up the blood. Like there was blood everywhere. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was a, deflating moment when uh, they immediately cut to the Britt baker thing and i'm like i'm telling them i'm like i don't know if this is 
it said recorded earlier. I was like, I don't know if this was actually recorded earlier or if they're just doing a live like promo cut just to fill time because there's that match probably was supposed to go another six minutes at least. And and you know, and like an FTR match is one of those matches where it starts off a little bit slow and then it starts picking up and then it starts picking up. And then finally, like the last six minutes, the part that was cut out of this match is where things get red hot and then everybody kind of buys into it. So it was like, it was a tough moment to kind of, to, to experience in the crowd. The crowd never fully got in, never fully bought into this matchup. Uh, did they talk about it on commentary, Cookie? Not at all. You're talking about the cut? Yeah. They didn't really say much about it. They didn't they, say, I, that's wild to me. Like They kind of they kind of no-showed it, on, uh, no-sold it, honestly. They were just like, something happened. But honestly, from the time he got cut to the time the match was over, it was probably 40 seconds. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. quick. It was very quick. Because <clears throat> it was as soon as, again, as soon as my cable came back on, it was like, boom, 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 done. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So after that, uh, I believe it was the Lance Archer match. Is that correct? Yep. Lance Archer came out yeah. next. Uh, well, not bad. Yeah. It was kind of yeah, cool to crowd. see the Bullet Club entrance yeah. uh, happen, and we got to see uh, Cookie's favorite haiku come out. Yeah, yes. and that that did pump up the crowd a little bit. Lance Archer's entrance definitely pumps up the crowd because you get the five, four, three, and then like everybody fucking dies, and the pyro goes off, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a good entrance. Huge though. Uh, the guy that he went against, six ten, was like half a foot taller than him. That's so why I was insane. like, I was like, this guy's six eight. That guy's way taller than he is. <laughs> Cookie did what? What you got? I was totally marking out for Haku because I want I want to yeah, let yeah. you guys know I was telling Chase and Diane oh, stories about Haku. He ripped the man's dude. eye out. He ripped the man's eye out. Dude. The whole, the whole <laughs> everything, man. The nose, his, like, ripping his nose off. Ugh. Dude, he looked like he could still go. He was doing <laughs> that dance. I was like, damn, man, he might just get in there and start fucking some dude up. He did the kick at the top of the ramp. He's like, yeah. dancing, he does kick. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Come yeah. on, let's go. And at that point, I, I was also trying to sh- – I was struggling. I was texting back and forth with Tax's wife, like, is, is he okay and stuff, and, like, trying to kind of figure things out, and I was kind of half-assed watching this match. But it ended up being like a – like a, it's an ugly match, but it was something that got the crowd back into it. They were able to kind of move forward from that. Um, I believe there was the, the Hardys uh, family against – uh, yeah, that was oh yeah. Jungle Boy and and the, Jungle Boy, uh, Dinosaur Junior and uh, Christian Cage. Christian Cage. Yeah, so the I will tell you the crowd loves all three of those competitors. I um, love Jungle Boy. Jesus Christ! All the all the panties got thrown in the ring for Jungle Boy when he came out. All the women, uh, Dinosaur Junior. I, I hear the. Did you hear the guys behind us, Tolbert? They were like. Yeah. Man, that Luchasaurus, man, <laughs> man, they're holding them back, man, in AEW, man. And I'm like, yeah, all right, you had dude. some straight up smarks behind us the whole show. <laughs> they're uh, uh, between their coughs because they were coughing rather frequently, and I'm feeling it like on the back of my neck. Uh, they were talking all the things that, like, I've it, it, it is the full like smart mark script that you're going through. They're like, uh, I don't think the guy's work rate is that good, but I think that Luchasaurus is therefore. And I'm like, was Travis drunk and mocking them at that point? Travis was hammered by probably the first match. Holy hell. And Travis, if you've ever been to an event with Travis, Travis goes at it he was screaming the whole time and that's what you're supposed to do it though i mean that's what like right. that, that's and, what and, i would have been doing exactly and it was I, I no qualms about it uh so i'm between travis on one side screaming his head off and then tolbert on the other side and then byron unfortunately got one of the end seats but it was it was a fun experience going travis who was a quiet person if you know him in real life was not quiet from about eight o'clock until we went to bed, <laughs> Travis wouldn't uh, shut up at that point. So we we, we watched that match. Uh, I think Thunder Rosa and uh, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Ooh, Rosa heart. and the girl from Varsity Blondes. Thunder Rosa is is over, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Really? And she's People great. love Thunder Rosa. She had probably uh, the, the second or third biggest pop of the night. People love Thunder Rosa. And she's a great performer. Jesus Christ. She looks great in the ring. She does. At one point, she kicked the girl in the chest, like towards the end of the match. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You can see that that girl was like holding it. And like, <laughs> Isn't that like Bret Hart's granddaughter or something? I, no, no, she's not Julie, related. Julie Hart? She, she's not related. Sure? To, yeah, I'm, right. I've looked it up. Okay. Uh, I think she's like 19 years old from like Atlanta or something. She looks young. They all she look looks young. very young. <laughs> Uh, after that matchup, uh, commercial break. I oh oh we did Miro was oh, over dude. huge. Oh my god, dude! That promo. So I did have to go back and watch, and I had to wait till I was driving home so I could actually have internet and four G to like watch all the video packages and things. That Miro one though, man, it was it was great. But dude, the crowd popped so hard for his, it. His Maybe whole gimmick right now, so hot. Miro came out uh, during Dark Elevation, correct? Yes. And it was after there was like there was a local competitor against one of the guys, and he Miro officially challenged, like let this guy challenge for the belt next week or something. But Miro over huge. No, he he essentially said that nobody's willing to challenge for it, so I'm gonna pick my next opponent. And he's just like, "Hey, brother, come on, you gonna get your ass whooped?" <laughs> Pretty awesome. So Miro was great, uh, and then. Judas happened. Tolbert, for your high spot of the week, yes. I would like for you to walk us through All right. uh, with our asides in this. MDK, all effing day, Nick effing Gage against Chris Jericho. So uh, we were definitely, we knew this match was going to happen. It was kind of, you know, it was looming. You could say it was looming the whole time. You could feel it in the air that this match was coming. And this was what everyone was waiting for, especially the MDK crew. They were. Uh, <laughs> the Cookie night. just put on a bandana across yeah. his face. Not um, not an MDK bandana, but one that he was uh, he was conned out of by purchasing a Hooters bandana. You know, some yeah. girl like rubbed him and said, yeah, you're just so cute, Cookie. Your name's Cookie? I love cookies, but I'm keto right now. For my, uh, would you want to buy, like, <laughs> if I don't, like, sell enough bandanas, like. Spend $20 too much on it. They kill me. Like, they, they literally <laughs> take us out back and Hooters kill us. girls Hooters. are like girls who didn't want to be strippers but still have that in them because that's all they do they just take your money and cookie paid for it cookie wearing the 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 bandana of uh, much like tolbert's new favorite wrestler nick, nick f and gage f and gage so mdk showed up in numbers for this which i knew they would but i was a little surprised about how many of them there were a lot of mdk signs in the crowd um i even saw one guy that had an mdk sold out sign but he paid for a ringside seat, so I didn't. I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't sold get out. that at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but yes, a lot of Nick Gage chants. Um, you know, this is uh, a network television, so he had to say Nick freaking Gage. But when he came out, the whole crowd definitely went Nick fucking Gage. Could you hear that on TNT, Cookie? Uh, yes, Probably I could hear like, that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I was hyped. Yeah, Cookie. everyone was hyped. Cookie, can you explain uh, to to people if, if they are not familiar with Nick F and Gage? Cookie, can you give me a brief overview of of Nick Gage for us? Oh man, Nick Gage! You want to talk about hardcore? I think he was the, he's like the last remnants of just that '90s grunge ECW, just like balls to the wall. And you can tell he lives he lives the gimmick. Like I'm talking about, his mouth is just. <laughs> He's missing like several teeth. Uh, he's he looks like he just does hardcore things. And one of the hardcore, one of the biggest hardcore things that he does is uh, drink PBR. He's a big pet. No, 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 no. no, no. no Cookie, if you're gonna get in the social media game, you gotta get where where it was started. So Nick, oh, how did it how did it go now? So, so Nick, Nick Gage had been PBR had been mentioning Nick Gage. Yeah, that's right. And then Nick Gage released a statement. So, not not really a statement because he's, he's a fucking no, idiot. He tweeted, he's the dumbest he, man I know. He essentially tweeted and said that hey, if you're gonna keep keep name, if you're gonna put my name in your mouth, you might as well pay me and be a sponsor. Da, 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 da. And then uh, he basically said, PBR is shitty oh, beer. Shit. I drink 
I drink Natty Ice. And then PBR's Twitter account comes back, like official PBR Twitter account responds and says, you would drink fucking Natty Ice. No, no, he says, of fucking course you would. Yeah, fucking course you drink Natty Ice. Yeah. Oh, my God. I fucking love PBR. I actually had a PBR last night because I wanted to support their efforts. Thank you. That's but another level of hardcore right there, but yeah. boys. This, this man's a maniac. Uh, he yes. robbed a bank with no mask on. By the by yeah. the way, I, I'm sitting there in this bar explaining <laughs> this to my dad and John. I'm like, all right, John, you know who Chris Jericho is. That's cool. Um, Daddy's like a real famous wrestler. Nick Gage, though. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I explained the whole hardcore wrestler thing. I explained the whole robbed a bank without a mask, even though he always wears a mask. Um, him getting out of jail and then I explained, going back to jail. I explained that he once had to get life flighted out of a field that a hardcore wrestling match was in. And then um, what did I? Oh, I, I also was like, hey, man, you remember when David Arquette was wrestling, got stabbed in the neck? It was that guy. I'm like, this, I said, this is not going to be good wrestling. This is visually going to be disturbing. I'm not a big fan of this, but let's see what happens. Yeah, so this is the first time hardcore wrestling has kind of broken into the mainstream death um, match wrestling death, death match, match wrestling. Yeah. yeah we've had hardcore but yeah straight up death match wrestling this so this is a this is a pretty big event this is a pretty big deal for uh the death match crowd but we go right into it um we know this isn't going to be pretty actually turned out a lot better than i thought as far as like the match itself um nick gage is famous for one thing and that's his pizza cutter uh, he loves his pizza cutter. I don't know if he used to work in a pizza restaurant or, or what. Maybe he was born in one. You Who know, he, it lo- you can look <laughs> in his eyes and tell that he he used to. He got fired as the delivery guy oh, for I'm the pizza sure. place. I guarantee. You. So so we start off, um, and of course he's got it in hand in tow, and he goes right to it, man. I think within a few minutes, like uh, Jericho's already bleeding. He's getting pizza cutter he to ate, the forehead. Well, he, Jericho got sliced on the arm first. Oh yeah, he that's does. the first blood drawn. It was he kind of swiped it at him like a you know like a knife fight. That, I mean, that, he got hard weight, that's for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, that thing was sharp, dude. You know, he's sharp as that fucking pizza cutter. Cookie, are you about to take a piss? No, Aaron, uh, my chargers, <laughs> my laptop's about to die, and I'm in my bathroom slash closet. So here we are, because the podcast is at eight a.m. this morning, and everyone's asleep in my house. Ooh. So. There you go. We'll continue. But yeah, so you know, we get we get blood pretty early on. Jericho is taking pizza cutters to the forehead, dude. Um, Gage finally pulls out some light tubes, and the crowd goes wild for it, especially the MDK crowd. Dude, we're like, no way Jericho is going to take a light tube to the head. There's no way he's just not gonna do it. That's not his thing, that's not his bag. Well, within 10 minutes, we see Jericho taking a fucking light tube to the head right over top. He actually takes two. He takes one across the back, one over the head. Um, Gage is also famous for taking shards of light tube and just grinding it to the forehead and doing the stabby thing, the really quick stabby thing. Um, yeah, we see Jericho take that as well. Uh, he does get his offense in as well. I mean, uh, Nick Gage is definitely taking beating too. Um, at some point, we see a pane of glass emerge from under the ring. Uh, we're like, holy shit, man, what, what is going on? Uh, this pane of glass is set up on two chairs uh, by, by the turnbuckle, and it sits there for a while. They're teasing it, man. We also see some of the, uh, the famous deathmatch light tubes taped together. So you got four fl- fluorescent light tubes taped together. We get a couple of those come out. They start teasing those. Uh, we're like, holy shit, man, what is happening? So we get towards the finish. We see Jericho do a Hurricane Rana, uh, Nick Gage off the top rope, puts Gage through the glass. Uh, Jericho actually lands on his head uh, from this Hurricane Rana. It was yeah, pretty I, nasty, dude. I, I don't uh, know if that was Jericho or Gage that fucked that up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty Yeah, when, uh, when Gage goes through that pain glass, this was about the third holy shit chant for the night, but everyone got into that. Mike, uh, sitting in a bar with your father who has only watched professional wrestling in maybe the 60s, 70s, maybe a little bit in the 80s, 
what was your father's reaction to what was going on in the ring? Uh, we we were talking about it. I said like it's this is not what I like to watch. Like, so this is gonna be <laughs> Dad. Good. I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm not and, gonna uh, shoot up. And, and, and he's like he, he basically is like this is a little graphic. But I will say, so during this match, the uh, the bar is kind of when we first got there, there was people eating dinner and that sort of stuff. Kitchen closes early. Now it's just people sitting at the bar drinking. This is where I found out that not only was the wrestling on two TVs, it was on four TVs. All four TVs. Not all four. I mean, there's probably 12, but there was like the one in the corner where we were at. There was one on the far wall where John was kind of watching it. And then there was about eight TVs that lined the bar. And there's two TVs with wrestling on in the center. And I didn't know this at first. And um, we're sitting there. And about the time Jericho pulls the or, – or Gage starts to pull the painted glass out – Somebody goes, oh, my God, I didn't know they put uh, something some, some along the lines of I didn't know they'd be they put wrestling. Or I wasn't expecting to see wrestling on TV like tonight. And like so the crowd's getting kind of into it at the bar and uh, they he put sets the thing up. Jericho hits the hurricane run. A guy goes through the glass and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> so like people at the bar are watching this fucking match. And I think they were pretty into it It's because. Uh, at the for the finish, I won't like I won't spoil. I'll let Tolbert talk to the finish, but at the finish, everybody's just like, "Oh, it was it was really cool." I'm like, deathmatch wrestling, something else. But I'm glad it, it's I'm a glad, spectacle. I'm glad y'all got to watch some AEW at the bar. Cookie, <laughs> what, what, was your household very much the same way? Absolutely. I was I was screaming at the top of my lungs with every spot, and Diane was just like covering her eyes because she didn't want to see her favorite Chris Jericho die in the ring because of Nick freaking Gage. She hates Nick Gage. Oh, uh, so do I. So, right I so. a lot of people do. Right I also so. say that huge pop from our table when uh, Gage does the second or third pizza cutter spot and they immediately cut to the Domino's commercial. So you guys actually saw oh that Oh my live. God, we yes, lost our shit live. immediately. It was so funny. So you did see that I live. I did see that you live. did notice it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, so fucking funny. So I didn't know we we didn't know that was a thing until afterwards. Like when when we got home, we're like, "What is Domino's trending for in in the universe?" And we kind of found out about it, and it actually it, it's very funny. Jasmine said that she noticed it, and and she was just shocked by this this matchup. <laughs> she she had to hold Terry's little eyes so he didn't see uh, Chris Jericho almost die in this matchup. Uh, Tolbert, you can finish up. Oh, so, you know, at this point, we've seen Jericho uh, put Gage to the pain glass. We've seen Jericho take light tubes. He's gotten pizza cuttered. You know, he's, uh, you know, beat up on Gage a little bit. So we're getting towards the end. And they've been teasing these taped together light tubes uh, the whole time. Uh, so the finisher, leading up to the finish, Jericho kind of uh, wiggles his way, a little defense, grabs the light tubes that are taped together bashes them over the top of Nick Gage's head. All four of them just shatter over top of his head. He uh, he has some uh, a little mood of mist up his uh, sleeve as well. In fact, I got ahead of myself. He hits Gage with the mood of mist, which I did not realize until I watched the uh, the actual taping of it when I when I got home. Hits him with the mist, hits him with the light tubes, then hits the Judas effect, putting him down for the one, two, three. Uh, when he hit him with the light tubes, dude, the whole crowd started in on the holy shit chant. Uh, I'm not much of a holy shit chant guy, but me, Byron, and everybody got into that holy shit chant, man. The crowd was going wild. <laughs> yes, good. What just like what was the craziest spot? What where did the crowd go like, oh my fucking the, god? The, like the painted glass, glass. Yeah, the painted glass, glass was <laughs> insane. And it echoed through the building. They have the ring mic'd a little bit, not as much as WWE does. But the, the sound of that glass shattering uh, and him hitting the mat just echoed through the whole building, dude. <laughs> because the crowd, you know, they, he, he's got Gage on the top turnbuckle. You know, he's all right. He's either setting up for a suplex or what. And the crowd kind of gets a little quiet because they're so they have no idea what's coming. Uh, then you see him hit the Hurricane Rana. Oh, it was awesome, dude. Oh, <laughs> that was fuck. I definitely popped for that match. Um, yeah, I got completely into it. I marked the fuck out for that match. <laughs> but it was great. It was great. Um, you, you you have written a haiku for this matchup? Yeah. I, yeah, I have. All right, here we go. You guys want pizza? <laughs> Jericho Gone Went Mud Show. 
we went, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how it happened. Um, after the show, we, 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 we sat around for a little bit of dark. Uh, we, we maybe watched one match and then we we're kind of like, it, it's a hundred degrees in this arena. It's time to go. Let's, let's head out. We we're got some starving. food. Yeah. Say what? We are all starving. Um, yeah. So, oh, I have to tell the story as well. So you remember our bartender from, uh, Wednesday night after we got out of the match, right? Aaron? Yeah. Had a lovely conversation. She got us some late night food. She told us she was coming to Wilmington to see Grizz after we conversed with her a little bit. I'm, I'm slinging beers and drinks last night and I look up and there she is sitting at the bar. Oh. I was like, Oh, Hey, gave her a high five. She remembered us, you know, uh, she was tripping balls, but she admitted <laughs> um, it was mad that the Grish show got canceled, but uh, she loved the bar, man. It was a good customer. It was good talking to her and seeing her again. Cool. So yeah, we got to get some late night food. I will tell you one thing, Travis uh, has a thing where when he starts sneezing, he does not stop sneezing for at least 25 to 30 sneezes. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all. We were leaving the bar. He started sneezing. We were walking down the street. He did not stop sneezing until we got into the next bar and had ordered a drink. Jesus. It was the most insane <laughs> thing I'd ever seen in my life. I'm like, oh, my God, this is incredible. How was your anxiety at that time? Oh, it, it, it was through the roof. I'm like, stop sneezing. Stop. He's like, I can't help it, man. I can't help it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do you need an allergy pill? He just kept sneezing. It was insane. I loved it. But yeah, we, we had a good night. We wrapped up. We, we hit up the noted district, went to some bars, went to Sanctuary, which is a, a really cool bar. Uh, they were like, uh, I think one of us went, oh, yeah, we just got back from the wrestling match. The bartender goes, yeah, I fucking no. I was watching. Oh, <laughs> they they, they, they said, no shit. And he pointed to all of us wearing <laughs> professional wrestling T-shirts. We're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're... And then Travis dropped his beer and we left. <laughs> <laughs> dropped it in the middle of the bar and just shattered. And everybody stopped and looked at us. Yeah. And then I, I went home and I got in bed with Barnum. Yeah. So I, I'm going to bed, right? I go to bed. Tolbert inflates an in, in air mattress, right? He he passes out first out of all of us. Passes out on this air mattress. Uh, shirtless, in, in rugby shorts, passed out. I've got my own bed. I go into my own bed. I take a cold shower because I was sticky and gross. I didn't want to – I wanted to get that wrestling stink off me. And um, I shower. I go to bed. I fall asleep hard. I'm dehydrated. I feel like shit. I'm a little drunk. I took a couple shots of tequila at the bar. Um, Woo. I wake up at 3 a.m. And it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know. <clears throat> I've got a little bit of a headache. I'm still dehydrated. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm at yet because it, it's that first second. And then I hear somebody snoring in my ear and I'm like, Jasmine, Jasmine. And I look and there's Tolbert just like <laughs> basically naked, like, aim towards me in the bed <clears throat> and i'm like did that just happen or did, did we make love <laughs> i got no, Tolbert, woke up. Tolbert was passed out hard in the bed yeah i woke up i was freezing cold i needed a warm spot and i'm looking around man i was just i went and was like fuck it, i'm crawling to bed with varnum I, I i do not use a lot of sheets i have one sheet and then Tolbert was wrapped up like a burrito uh, in in the the larger comforter in in that bed. So yeah, and um, then I sco also scooted next to Varnum a little bit for a little extra warmth. But uh, I I will tell you at at multiple times throughout the night I had to do what Jasmine does frequently and elbow a motherfucker in bed and say flip over you are snoring in my <laughs> ear. Tober, did you set the air mattress up on like a hardwood floor or something? What why were you so cold? Well, um, I didn't have any blankets or anything. And, oh my uh, god. <laughs> It was so it was so hot outside. It, it being an Airbnb, we uh, I think we put the thermostat on sixty nine, sixty five. I turned it down to sixty five. It was a fucking ice box in there, dude. I I literally woke up shivering, like teeth chattering, shivering, and I was like, I I gotta I gotta get warm. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> so I was his warmth that night. Yeah. Uh, so wrapping it up, we had a great trip. It was an interesting uh, event. 
lot of fun. Uh, we had our ups, we had our downs. Uh, we hope that Cash or is it? It's Cash Wheeler. I, I always call him Dash Cash. Dan, I don't know. Uh, we hope that he does better. He, he's doing better now. I think he's fine. Yeah. He texted me that night and he's like, "Man, I'm okay. Like, I just it was a freak accident. One of those things that, that happened. So he, we we hope that he d- is doing better. Uh, boys, I, I give it a, uh, a personally. I give it a four cookies uh for the whole experience uh, for the show i give four cookies trip overall five cookies overall experience of the trip five cookies there you go. i have to say after being to at a wwe live event in AEW, i had to choose AEW all day um it's definitely more of a punk rock crowd it was my my scene man definitely my scene not a lot of mob shirts in the crowd Aaron. not a lot of mob shirts in the <clears throat> crowd but if you'd like a mob shirt, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at, at number two dollar steak underscore. Somebody we, did slide into our DMs this week. We did, and we've already shipped off the shirt. Aaron, we, I shipped it off to Iowa. It will did be you there. Ever, did you ever send uh, what's his name? Those cards you were supposed to send. Byron, I should have just handed them to him <laughs> at that point. I, I didn't think Byron, that. come. You know where I live at this point. I couldn't remember if it was Byron or somebody else. That no, it was definitely Byron. Byron, come get your fucking cards. <laughs> come get your fucking cards, Byron. I will say though, that guy sent Aaron that twenty-five bucks, and Aaron sent that shirt right out. Yo, if you pay me, I'm. I we're we're getting it done. So we we sent him out. Uh, yesterday, I got there at 11.50. It closes at noon. I didn't realize it closed at noon. I thought it closed at 2 on Saturdays. But uh, the woman's like, Iowa, what you sending to Iowa? And I'm like, a, a T-shirt. And she's like, who's that on your T-shirt? Oh, God. Corey Funk. She's like, is he a wrestler? I'm like, yes, ma'am, he is a wrestler. And an Asian He's a sex guy. guy. That's what he is. Like, what does it say on it? And I'm like, Oh, it just says Dory Funk. I'm not going to tell this, this <laughs> conservative woman who just wants to get out of the, the office and have to explain to her why he's a sex god in Japan. Uh, if, if you guys would like it, uh, hit us up. Slide into our DMs. I'll send it out immediately. Venmo me and all that shit. So thank you for listening to another exciting edition of $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Next week, we will once again be talking about professional wrestling. We will have matches next week. It'll be back to normal. Uh, you know, always as a palate cleanser, uh, we do a Terry Funk week. So I believe to get back into the swing of things, we might have to do a Terry Funk week. Is that okay? I'm- no, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. We're not doing a Terry Funk week next week. Dory! We will do a Dory oh, Funk week shit. next week. So on $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast, tune into one of the possibly most boring episodes <laughs> that we will ever have. Uh, the hardest working episode, though. The hardest working episode. <laughs> this episode's going to get over in Japan, though. <laughs> I, know, I can't I'm wait like, for these obscure like, matches. Does he have any high spot matches? Does he have any matches that, 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 are gonna, that are under 40 minutes and just rest hold after rest hold? We don't know. We're going to find out next week on the Dory Funk edition of $2 Steak of Pro Wrestling Podcast.